Hello and welcome to Deprogram with Carrie Smith. This is a brand new channel, pretty much only a couple months here. So if it's your first time here, please hit like and subscribe if the algorithm brought you here. I am very excited about my guest tonight. This is the most requested guest I've had so far. And even people that are not online have told me, uh, let me just bring you on. Please, please welcome Gothics. Hello, hello, hello. lady. Thanks hello. for having me. And I love your intro, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah. My husband is very talented. He did. He has a music brain, which I don't nice. have. So I, I really admire that. Um, but yeah, somebody at my church told me someone offline was like, have you heard of Gothics? You should really have her on your show. I'm like, oh, that's amazing. So I'm very happy to have you here. Um, and I've heard a lot about your story, but I'm hoping you won't mind sharing it with us and seeing where you and I overlap and maybe where some of our differences are. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. I'm an open book. So the first time I heard of you, people were saying, you have to talk to this girl. She also left the social justice left. Is that an accurate description for you of, of what you think you did, you've done, your transformation? Yeah, yes and no. Uh, I was sort of a Democrat at birth, which is like common with most black people in America. Um, but I didn't necessarily subscribe to every single j social justice warrior thing. Uh, there were some issues, particularly things pertaining to like uh, some like I, I guess I I fell into that camp of victimizing uh, gay people um, based on what the left sort of does now. And mm -hmm. I believe that gay people were just uh, at the mercy of Christians. And I thought Christians were evil bigots. And <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, my brain was very warped. Um, I was never woke in the sense that I thought that black people were victims. Uh, but I did also vote for Obama because he was black and then I had some severe Trump derangement syndrome. So it's like I had a little mixture going on there. I wasn't super, super woke, but I had my moments. You had Okay, so I'm already checking off the things we have in common. Voted for Obama because he was black. Uh, Trump derangement syndrome. <laughs> yes. Thought Christians were evil bigots. Yes. <laughs> so what, uh, what was the people always want to ask me, you know, what was your red pill moment? And in mm. my case, I can definitely point to a couple of things that started the fracture in the foundation of my belief system, but it wasn't an overnight thing. It was a long process of first my foundational beliefs kind of cracked open. And then I became open slowly to listening to other viewpoints and trying to figure out what the truth was mm. for you. Is there something that you can point to that made you start to question some of your assumptions about the world? Oh, yeah, I think mine was a slow progress as well. Um, I had uh, my run in with cancel culture when I was a streamer on Twitch. I said something on social media that the woke, uh, I guess they call it black Twitter, <laughs> black Twitter didn't oh, yeah. like. Um, and I pretty much just said, like, you know, just stop throwing the race card around. Not everybody's racist about everything you know some people have actual legitimate reasons to think the way that they do and uh when i got canceled by that it stuck out to me because it was like okay uh these are all everyone that was coming at me was on the left everyone the majority of people that were coming at me were black and then it, it was what struck me as odd was a lot of these people 
a few months ago supported me. They were part of my channel. They were always talking about me and trying to, you know, amplify black voices until it came to me disagreeing with the agenda. And then they turned on me. And I kind of carried that until 2020 when BLM started with COVID and all that stuff. And I started seeing again, sort of the same symptoms of people just acting very irrationally with uh, the George Floyd situation. And I found myself just questioning, what does stealing a TV have to do with racial injustice? Like what does uh, mob rule, how does that help racial injustice? And I couldn't get an answer. And that's when I started to put things together. Like, oh, okay, this is a very warped line of thinking that it, that is people are just used to. And I, I just, I guess I never noticed it until I had to deal with it myself. Mm -hmm. So when you were streaming on Twitch, what kinds of stuff were you doing there? I mostly know that as a video game platform. Mm. Is that what you were doing? Yeah, I was both, mostly doing video game content. I also did sketch comedy, so I would dress up in oh, costumes. Fun. Oh, nice. And I would do like just live skits. I'd have my callers, like my viewers, they would call in and interact with me on screen. So I did, a, I did a lot of stuff and it, it's so interesting that I recently became a Christian and part of my whole shtick when I was on Twitch is my, my sort of standard uniform that I would wear would be uh, demon horns. <laughs> and I had like this really like goth look about me. And now I'm looking back, I'm like, I mean, I still, I think I looked cool, but I just thought that that was kind of ironic of where I am now. Like how you started. Yeah. 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 So when you started questioning things, uh, you had your 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 public mobbing or cancellation, and then you said the events of 2020 started to wake you up. I, that's true for a lot of people I know. That was my my period of starting to wake up was the 2016 um, election, the campaign season. Um, but then I know people who it didn't start for them until 2020. I think there was another acceleration point then where the ideology the 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 more popular it gets like when it when it becomes dominant culturally then i think people tend to either go further into it or they start to wake up mm -hmm. and so you were that was happening for you at that time what was it what was the reaction of not people online but friends and family like people you knew did you hmm. lose friends? Oh, yeah. I, my fiance and I, we kind of went through the same thing. And we lost, I want to say, 90% of our friends. Wow. Uh, they just stopped talking with us. And uh, out of nowhere, we just became, you know, people that wanted to uphold white supremacy, people <sighs> that wanted to vote for a racist. And I'm like, we have gone on vacation together we've spent time together you've come over my house like what are you talking about like you know me yeah and it was so bizarre it was like this uh mass psychosis that i was watching and i i never thought that people could legitimately be brainwashed or hypnotized but that's what i can compare it to it's like who is this person yeah and so sometimes people ask me about all the loss you know when you're going through that fire um, what's the motivation to keep going? I want people to hear your answer to this because I, I'm sure you hear from people. I hear from people all the time who are like, oh, I'm afraid of, of losing my job, losing my social circle. I, I like what you're saying, but I'm too afraid to hit like even, you know, or share it. And, um, and they have legitimate fears. Like I don't downplay those fears at all. You will lose things, but, but what's the reason to keep going? 
despite the loss? Um, well, there's a few things. I think the most, um, the, the, the reason that I think is the most urgent is right now, we have people that are speaking up like me, like you. And I think that there is strength in numbers in the same way that the woke has so many loud people pushing their agenda. I think we can do the same by pushing the truth. And uh, if I wasn't making videos or you weren't doing this, then what would happen? We would just just cease to exist. Like, I, I don't know. Um, and then I guess the other reason is because I even though I, you know, all these friends stopped associating with me, I lost sponsorships. Uh, yeah. It affected my career as a live streamer. Despite all of that happening, I still care about these people. And I have a sense of um, uh, a love that I you know, when I think of love, I think of telling the truth and I think of telling people things that are good for them, just like a parent would. You know, as a kid, you're not going to always like what your parent has to say, but you're you're going to listen to them because they're, they know what's best for you. They're looking out for you. And I just see all of my, you know, ex-friends just fall under this uh, brainwashing spell and I see them becoming very angry and just hostile and militant uh, with trying to enforce their ideologies. And I don't... That's not the, the the people that I know, and I and I think that they unfortunately just felt uh, prey to all of this brainwashing. And uh, if I keep hammering the truth, my hope is eventually they'll come around and they'll wake up, and and we can you know continue on in life. Mm -hmm. What's some of the things that you've gained? Hmm. I think uh, for me, I think I gained a lot of self growth. Um, because when I first started losing friends, I was an emotional wreck. Uh, you know, my, my fiance talks about this all the time. Like I would literally cry every day, hours a day, because it got to a point where I would get an email from a friend just leaving me this long dissertation about how they don't want to be friends with me anymore because of my views. And then they would go on Twitter and also announce it to other people. It's yes. like just declaring it to the public. I'm no longer associated with these people. And it it broke me because I've never experienced something like that. And I had put so much trust in these people. So uh, for me, I think that personal growth is one thing that I have gained from this because I've learned to uh, toughen up. Uh, sometimes I wonder if I've calloused a little bit too much because now people, come into my circle and they're like, hey, we support you. You're awesome. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like, stay away. Because <laughs> it's I've just been, I guess, so conditioned to think that uh, people are going to pull a rug from underneath me and people don't legitimately want to actually uh, be in my company. Maybe that maybe I think that they want something out of me. Uh, but that's something I'm, I'm working on. But I think overall, it's just helped me be a stronger person. It's helped me persevere more. It's made me more emboldened to speak my mind. And it's it's uh, put a lot of things in perspective for me in terms of what I thought was valuable really isn't all that valuable. Um, I think our freedom mm -hmm. is, is very valuable as opposed to me being worried that I'm going to lose a sponsorship or I'm going to lose my friends. Yes. I, would you say you're a very open person? I think so. Yeah. That's probably why you're, you're feeling that you're maybe becoming a little too calloused and you're not, I don't think it's just uh, when you're an open person, 
I think sometimes you have to remind yourself you, to, to be a little bit more skeptical. I had, I had a stranger message me. You made me think of this. This just happened last month. And I, I get too many messages across platforms to keep up with. That's not a humble brag. That's actually, it gives me anxiety because I can't stay on top of all of them. And you know, when people are sending you their life story and stuff, and I don't even have like, I don't know how you would do it with the following that you have. So I, I, I can barely do it. And this, this person had messaged me. I love you. You're awesome. I love what you're saying. Right. Didn't see it for a week. Then I did see it. And by then they had replied, why haven't you answered me? I hate you. It was just like this comedian. Like, I love you. You're awesome. I hate you. You dirtbag. It's like, what? I'm so glad that father time gave me that, that week I needed to see who the, you know, yeah. because you could let somebody like that in. I would normally like, you know, be like, Oh yeah, you can yeah. call me if you need to. <laughs> like, oh yeah. I have uh you know, I, I'm the same way with the anxiety thing, especially like whenever one of my videos gets trending, uh that's when I'll get just like an influx of people coming in. And it freaks me out because I'm just like, this is a lot of attention. And sometimes even when I'm streaming, I'll have a couple of hundred people in the chat and they'll be like, Did you miss you missed my chat? And I'm like, dude, <laughs> look how many people are in here. Um, there's a few times where I'll even get emails from other content creators that want to collab with me and, uh, I'll let them sit in the, in the inbox for a while before I respond. Um, because a lot of the times the people that email me are, are those that are still a part of like the woke left, but Mm. they claim to want to have like a neutral position and want to entertain differing ideas. But then but, but here's the thing, but then a week later, I'll go in my comments and I'll see them talking crap about me in my video section. So it's, <laughs> so what do you mean? <laughs> no, no, I think it's good. You're getting a little more callous. Yeah. So um, you, the, you are a recent Christian now. So I, I am as well. And I don't know how long I'll be saying that. Uh, people have asked me, how long are you going to say new Christian? I guess, again, like, I guess, I guess until I feel like I have a handle on it, which will probably be forever. <laughs> like I it feels, you know, I'm learning so much about it. I don't feel comfortable just saying Christian. I, I guess I still put that qualifier on it so people know. But anyway, for me, it's been a couple years. Um, when did you, when did you decide that you were a Christian? Uh, this was literally a few months ago that I wow. gave my life over to him. Uh, but it was a long uh, process. And I, and I honestly, I have to thank 2020 for expediting this process uh it just put me in um he put me in the right position at the right time to meet the right people that eventually got me more curious to have these conversations about god because prior to that if someone tried talking to me about spirituality i just shut them out like i don't i don't know what you're talking about it's weird to me Um, but I think that I was such in a really dark place in terms of like my depression, because I, I have to consider, I lost a lot of friends because I got canceled. And then immediately after that, I start speaking out because of BLM and I got canceled again. And that's when all of my friends started to leave me because then I voted for Trump. So it's just like, just compounding a bunch of traumatic events. And then 
adding on what's actually happening in society. What Look what our government's doing. Look what the media is doing. And it's just so much uh, the pressure on my uh, mental well-being that I literally uh, felt this point where I was like, I don't know where to go from here. I don't know what the point of any of this is. Yes. And, you know, I, I um, my friend Graham, uh, he reached out to me and he's a filmmaker and he, and he uh, found me in the midst of this and he, midst of this. And he said he wanted to make a documentary on me uh, to sort of like document my journey uh, as a creator and how I got to this point. And his whole family is Christian. And whenever we would be filming, if we just took a break, we were just sitting there, he would just ask me about Christianity in such a natural way that just it, it compelled me to want to ask questions as opposed to what I was used to, where people would just say, you're going to go to hell because you look like that, because <laughs> like, I right. would dress really goth before. So it was it was just something that I was very new to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Would you say you were talking about your depression and kind of like, what's the point? This is a cliche I've heard before, but now on the other side of it, it makes so much sense to me. And I'm starting to realize a lot of these aphorisms that I used to think were just trite, you know, or I'm like, oh, that means something. So, so one of those is sometimes that you have to get to a really dark place to see the light. And that's what happened to me. And so something like that, that may sound cheesy to some people or whatever. I'm like, no, but I understand what that means now. Mm -hmm. Because when you're down in that dark place, that's, there's nothing that, that is for me anyway, that was the only place where I would contemplate the meaning of life. Like, do we have a soul? Is all of what, why is life worth it? All of those questions. Was it kind of like that for you or? Oh yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. it definitely was. I, I mean, I, I attempted suicide at one point. Wow. Uh, this was this was before the uh, COVID thing happened. But again, like f prior to COVID, I was still trying to dig myself out of that hole of depression. And, uh, it, you know, it's at some point I'm like, this isn't working. And in my head, I convinced myself, well, I can just get another therapist. I've been on antidepressants. I've uh, I was smoking weed all day, every day. So in my head, I'm doing everything that I can without actually doing everything that I can. And uh, that's when I realized, well, I, I really don't have enough information or have uh, truthfully given God a shot for me to just outright say he doesn't exist. I don't want to talk about him. And I think like um, people like Jordan Peterson, for example, always talks about always wanting to continue searching for knowledge. Don't assume that you know everything. And it even says that in the Bible, keep knocking, keep seeking. Mm -hmm. And that's that's just ended up where I was, as I just said, I have to actually keep looking into this because I can't continue living like this. I was a wreck. Yeah. Um, this might be a silly question, but how does God talk to you? Because I know I have a friend who says she hears an audible voice now, I've never heard an audible voice, but who am I to question what how God speaks to her? Uh, with me, God seems to have a sense of humor. Like, you're not paying <laughs> attention, dum-dum. Like, I'm going to have to put several signs. Like, you know, like whether it's a coming to the same verse in the Bible over and over or something, you know, sort of like trying to get my attention. Mm. Um, how, what is that for anybody who might be skeptical about feeling God's presence? What does that mean to you? Put it that way. So this is, uh, like I said, I've only been at this for a few months, uh, but I have definitely noticed 
that I get this sense of, I, I described it as nagging, but it's not nagging. Cause my friend asked me, the one that in, introduced me to this whole thing, he, he, he asked me, uh, you know, what made you curious to start reading the Bible? Cause I had told him randomly, I said, I'm, I'm still gonna read the Bible, even though I hadn't made that commitment yet, just to see what's in it. And he asked me, why are you doing that? And I said, I just felt like this, hey, you gonna do this? Hey, like I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And then it got to a point where like I said, I was always smoking weed and I would smoke weed all the time. And even when I was high, I couldn't stop thinking about God. Yes. <laughs> it was just always <laughs> on my mind. I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> and it like even around Christmas, I started just seeing signs of him everywhere. It was it, it was so bizarre, like not literally seeing signs, but I like for example, I would see like uh, crosses in areas that isn't actually a cross, like not a decoration, like up this hill, I see that tree, it looks like a cross. I'm just seeing it everywhere. Yeah. And it got to the point where I'm just like, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing something, like I'm supposed <laughs> right. to be moving. Yes, I can completely relate to that. For me, it started with that you said you couldn't stop thinking about it. I became obsessed with figuring out whether I thought that the soul, like the existence of the soul, like, do we have a soul or not? Mm -hmm. Um, to the point where I would be, I remember once I was at the gym at like seven in the morning and I couldn't even after working out, I couldn't even get, I'm like in the shower and then I get out and I'm like texting my friend. Cause I had to, had to know right then, do you think we're just a physical body and computer <laughs> brain or do we have a soul? And she's like, it's 7am. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> but I'm like, I, it, it, it just suddenly became a very important question for me. Mm -hmm. of like, you know, I'm like you, I had cut myself off to it. My pastor talks about it kind of like, um, well, he says, you know, if you think about in, in, in the Bible, when they're out preaching the good word, this is the first time people have heard the good word or heard about Jesus. And so that's the first time they're, they're being, uh, you know, given this message and can contemplate it and you think about it. But in our culture, we're almost in a post-Christian world where we've become, we're like inoculated against it in mm. some ways. Like, oh, I already know what that is. Mm -hmm. And I've already decided. Um, yeah. What were some of the things that now, now that I am a Christian, one of the things that makes me the most angry is, is like the corruption in the church. And I think the bad actors and the people who give it such a bad name that, uh, people like myself look to that, or I used to look to that forever and think that's Christianity. Right. Um, what were some of the things that you think prevented you from going down that path earlier in your life? Yeah, I mean, definitely, as you just said, um, I think the media has played a big role in uh, contorting the way that I look at politics, and it does the same way in terms of Christianity. I would just keep seeing reruns of the likes of Westboro Baptist Church holding the angry signs, and I'm thinking, that's Christianity right there. Uh, I also had someone in my family that was an alcoholic, very abusive, and he would go to church and read the Bible, so I'm thinking, this is Christianity. And uh, what I, you know, what I've had to realize, and, and it's what I also try to convey to other people is that you're, you're generalizing in the same way that you don't want people to generalize your 
your side of the political aisle because I don't think everyone that's on the left is a, is a crazy meanie. Um, <laughs> that's unfortunately the bulk of the interactions that I have, but uh, I, you know, I also don't like to generalize and assume that that's just how everyone is. I know that there is kindness somewhere in there. And I, and I think that oh, it's always the uh, people that give something a bad name that are always gonna get platformed the most, especially in terms of yes. Christianity. Um, the churches, I had no idea the churches were the way that they are until I became a Christian. And uh, it's it's actually very upsetting to me. Um, you know, I'll see some sermons of them talking about politics, like political candidates during a sermon. I'm like, what? I don't understand what this is. Is this a social justice community or is this a, a place of worship? Um, and I also think that uh, a few more things. I, I think that uh, for me, I wish that I had gotten more context as someone that didn't understand who God was. So, for example, if someone were to say Jesus loves you to a non-believer, what am I supposed to do with that information? I don't know what that right. means. Uh, if if someone had told me um, it, it's more about the connection, the spiritual connection that you have with God, as opposed to uh, what do you think is true or not in the Bible, uh, that would have made a world of a difference. Because I notice now, especially when I talk more about this, a lot of people will want to debate things in scripture. And that's great to like want to understand. And it's good to be curious and stuff like that. But I have this feeling that a lot of people stop right at the point of wanting to debate what they think is truth instead of understanding that it is more than just reading a Bible. It's more than just going to church. It's having that connection uh, that I didn't know existed. Um, You know, and this is why I talk about my mental health so openly because when I gave my life over, my uh, whole demeanor shifted. Like my sense of depression and anxiety, gone. Like I just... (laughs) And I just, I cannot explain it. And I was in a really low place. Um, and I think the other thing that I wish, it was an, there was another one I was just gonna say, it'll come back to me. I'm having a, a Granny Gothic's brain fart right now. <laughs> That's okay. I It makes me so happy to hear that. And honey, I have the same people are like, <laughs> the way I view it is I don't really go out and I don't try and convert people. I don't think I can anyway, Mm -mm. but if I end up talking about um, God with someone I meet out in the world, it's, uh, it's usually because they ask me or they're like, something's different about you. If it's somebody I've known a long time, or, you know, there's that thing, even my, I looked at pictures of myself when I was in the social justice cult compared to now. I mean, I looked, I didn't realize it then, but I looked so hollow, you know? Like, Mm. and, um, when I think back to that, that belief system and it's really kind of, it's almost Christianity inverted in a way, because instead of being about joy, truth, you know, love, it's, it was about resentment, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, misery, outrage, like jealousy, entitlement, like arrogance. And I mean, I don't know if you, cause you said you weren't like fully woke. You were sort of kind of woke on some things or, but in, in my world, I didn't even realize that some of this stuff until after I left, but there was a real push to even prevent people from taking joy in things like holidays. 
all these people would write these articles, you know, in the social justice world, it's like, you know, 10 reasons not to celebrate the 4th of July. And like, uh, and, and they would shame you for having fun or having, getting joy out of life. Did you see any of that, that kind of miserly, just, I don't know, darkness? (sighs) I mean, I definitely remember a lot of those, uh, a lot of those articles and I might have subscribed to one of them at some point. I feel like I may have tried to strip someone's joy in one way or another. Um, But I, you know, I I definitely noticed the same thing as far as uh, looking back and seeing how I was before. And I put all of my happiness in things or people uh, instead of God. And when I try to think of the connection to how old depressed I was, like even I'll go on Facebook, they have this thing where you can check your your memories on a certain day. And I'll go back years, years, years ago. And almost every week I see something about me talking about how depressed I am. And uh, there's always something pertaining to me being in and out of relationships. And it's like, well, I'm putting all of my trust in a thing or a person, and if they get stripped from me, then I'm no longer happy. I don't have any more joy, and and that's not sustainable. So I I just never realized uh, how how bad it was until I was out of that situation. And it's it's funny that you mentioned the joy thing because I actually I have a friend that recently when I made this transition, he texted me. He's like, you've you seem very cheerful lately you seem seem glowy and it's the same thing that i saw the first day i walked into church and i see people worshiping and i'm just looking around i'm like why is everyone so happy even the (laughs) greeters at the church what up welcome to church i'm like we're in the middle of a pandemic (laughs) like why are you so happy <laughs> I love that. that yeah, that makes yeah. me happy. Yeah. Um, well, okay, so you're talking about how you were putting your uh, importance in things and people. And earlier you said um, you you found out what was valuable. So compared to to back then, like what 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 things like what's your list? like what is val- what do you think life is about? like what's of most importance? Mm. I think, uh, well, now I think the most important thing is, to me, I think is um, striving for truth and, uh, you know, pleasing God, which I think those go hand in hand. I've noticed that uh, people, when they're on the pursuit of truth, from what I've noticed, I think a lot of people inevitably end up becoming Christians. Uh, and it and that is wild to me because I'm a very analytical person and I like to pay attention to patterns and things like that. And uh, it's just the more I kept reading, the more it ended up leading me to this path. But I would say that uh, for me, the things that I find valuable, like I said, is truth, love. Um, and also that that means me being more emboldened to say things, even though I know it could hurt someone's feelings. If it means that I could help someone in the long term, I'm going to say it, I'm going to do it. Uh, and just being more um, content being by myself or, uh, you know, just living my life and not worried about other people leaving me because I know that I'm not alone anymore. I actually have, you know, someone that's keeping me anchored. Right. Don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. What's yeah. that verse about the, 
I want to do a series gothics. Maybe maybe we could work on it together. I want to do something called the Bible for Dummies. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> or it's just me trying to I just want to like, remember that verse and then I mangle it. But the one about um the lilies of the maybe somebody in chat knows the lilies of the field, they don't toil. It's the verse about like mm. don't be so caught up in all these daily frustrations. Like yep. God's got you. Like you can let yep. those things go. And I remind myself of that a lot because I used to be sort of, you know, I've I think a lot of people are sort of controlling. Like I need to control this. Yeah. I need to do this. Th I need to take charge of this thing. And sometimes there's a real freedom in saying, um, I'm just going to trust <laughs> that this thing, that's what faith is that this, this thing that I can't control anyway is going to be okay. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. There's another verse too. I, for I forget exact. I'm not done reading the Bible, but uh, there was like one part where they're talking about like, don't be so anxious because you know tomorrow could bring something else or something like that yeah and that was another layer of of me getting so depressed it was because i i took on i felt like i was taking on all of this uh a burden to make all these videos on everything going on and i, I was desperate to wake people up and in my mind, I wasn't waking up people fast enough and it was frustrating me. And then, uh, you know, I, I literally had to have a moment with God to understand this isn't like this is not all on me and it's unrealistic for it to be on me. But I convinced right. myself that it was right. I love that. That's the death of ego mm. and mm -hmm. arrogance of like, you know. I'm going to save Western civilization. Like, mm, no, nope. are you? No, not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think? Well, first of all, uh, you mentioned the first time you went to church and looking around and just seeing the joy people had. Have you encountered woke in the church yet? I know you've only. Not only my months. church. Thankfully, I feel like my church is like a, a decontamination chamber when you go on and you just like psh, you pull that thing and there's no more <laughs> wokeness around you. Uh, I've even met people in, in church who uh, watch my channel and that was that was very awkward, too. I'm like, hi. <laughs> uh, they just they were surprised to see me there. Um, but yeah, no, no wokeness as of yet. And, and I hope it stays that way. That's great. Yeah, that's the most, uh, that was another really disappointing thing I've encountered. But the church I go to now is excellent. They know what's up. They're fully awake. It's like, yeah, I didn't come. I wasn't searching for God just to find woke at the end of that journey. It's like, I left woke. Why are you? I had some people who were like, when they would find out I was a new Christian, they, um, and I was trying a lot of different churches for a while. And so sometimes people would make assumptions about me um, assume I'm social justice. Like a lot of people, social justice people do. They assume that about everyone. They'd say, you know, you want to come to my church. It, it's, it, they believe this is, I'm like, mm, no, nah, that's, <laughs> that's not really what I'm looking for. Um, do you mind if I just, I don't normally do the interviews live. Do you mind if I interrupt this for a second, just to put a couple of these super chats on? The yeah, screen? go for it. Okay. Let's see. I don't want to break up the conversation, but I also don't want to get behind. Hello, little ragamuffin. Do you know her? Uh, I think I've seen ragamuffin in my stream. Ragamuffin is the William Wallace of the sewing community. She's all about freedom. She's faced her own mobbing before in the sewist world. <laughs> uh, she says, I'm super excited for this conversation, but I can't stay. You ladies are going to kill it. I'll catch up tomorrow. Being problematic is freedom. Yes. Yes. And then I saw 
Drunk3PO was here. Hello, sir. He just says super chat. <laughs> Hello, Drunk3PO. I always mess up his name when he comes in my chat. I never watched Star Wars, so for some reason his name confuses me sometimes. <laughs> uh, let's see who else. And then I saw one from Pirate. Pirate is a friendly atheist. <laughs> he says, love to the new Christians from an atheist. Hello. Thank you, guys. So what would you say is, what's one of the biggest misconceptions about Christianity, in your opinion? Like, what's one of the defeater beliefs about it or the things that sort of prevent, not the behavior of the con artists and all that, but what's one of the biggest mis misconceptions about it? Either one that you held or one that you think people you know might hold. Hmm. Um, I would say the common misconception for me is maybe the belief that people who are uh, followers of Christ, and I say follower of Christ because I think a lot of people use Christian uh, in very negative ways. <laughs> so I try to make my, that separation. Uh, but I think that the common misconception is that people who are followers uh, are believers in fairy tales or they're idiots. Uh, I get a lot of comments, especially recently, where people are like, I thought you were smarter than this. Why would you join this Christian cult? And on the contrary, I think um, believing in God is the beginning of true wisdom because it also means that you don't know everything about the world. You don't know uh, what's out there. Uh, and then also you, uh, or you could also have this uh, fear that when you die, you're gonna be held accountable for whatever you do. And I, and I think that, uh, you know, for me, that would that would straighten me up knowing that i'm going to be judged at some point so i think that um yeah it's just i don't i think people that seek truth uh are people that follow god not people that are idiots yeah i agree yeah. Yeah. i've even seen i wonder if you've seen this um on twitter you know sometimes in, in this whole culture war space that we're in um i've seen some people who call themselves christians who are woke and in my opinion, that means they're necessarily putting a different belief system, a different lens first, and the gospel second. Those two things, and I don't think they they don't go together. They're the opposite mm -hmm. of one another. But I'll see those people attack atheists like Jim uh, James Lindsay, and and uh, it, that that disappoints me because I think someone can. How can I phrase this? God uses can use anybody. And if a person is speaking truth, even if they're an atheist and they don't have that belief in a deity, if they're speaking truth, God is truth. Mm -hmm. And and so I'm going to listen to that person, what they're saying that's truthful about, hey, maybe we shouldn't judge and treat people differently on the basis of race. Maybe that's racism, no matter what you call it, you know, or we shouldn't judge and treat people differently on the basis of sex because that's sexist. I'm going to listen to that truth over the person who puts that label, as you said, that label has a lot of baggage, but uses that label and then behaves in ways that I think are the opposite of what Christ taught. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Have you, have you had um, interesting, I guess alliances isn't the word, but a lot of times people think, Oh, well now you're a Christian. Like you said, somebody said, 
called it a cult. Like, how could you join that kind of cult? Or, you know, I thought you were smarter than that. Um, do you have people who assume that like, oh, you're a Christian now. You don't, you don't associate with anyone except people who believe what you do. Um, not that too much. I have some, you know, uh, close friends that are just a little bit like, you're a Christian now. And, uh, they're coming in with their preconceptions about Christianity from whatever they were, you know, raised to believe, uh, and you know i just try to be uh, patient um with them and i try to show them like hey i haven't really changed much as a you know in regards to like who i am as a person i think i'm in a one in in one sense yeah i've changed i'm not depressed i don't look at everything through this crazy worldview anymore uh but i'm still like the same person i'm still going to be your friend and and i think that um even if someone, if even if I have a friend, which actually I do have a few of them, where they're very anti-Christian because they think that I'm gonna be just like however they think, I'm I still want to be their friends because I don't believe I'm gonna be able to convert them. I, it's not my job to convert them, but I think that um, it, it it's beneficial for them to see that we're not all like how you perceived. I can just compare it to. Uh, when I had my political awakening for a long time, I thought uh, Trump supporters were bigots and they were racist and they were evil. And, uh, you know, and then I became one. <laughs> so it's uh, just for last election, but, uh, you know, same. So, yeah, just for the last. Yeah. I cried the, the night the, when he won in 2016. Did you cry? I didn't cry, but I sent I sent my friend at the time a long email because she voted for him. You voted for a racist. I can't believe oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was bad. Yeah, and then and then just four short years later, I'm like, what am I doing? Pulling the trouble on her. Yep. Oh man. Um, what is it? Okay, so going back to the political awakening for a second. Thanks for entertaining all the questions about God and Christianity. Yeah. And thank, thank you guys listening, especially you, Pirate Tomsky, the atheist, for tolerating this. I just don't often get to talk to people um, who are new Christians about what that process was like. So I thought of my other thing that slipped my mind earlier where you asked me what are some things that you wish okay. were done differently. This is an observation that I've made um, being new to this is that I'll encounter a lot of people that say they've uh, tried Christianity and they realized it was false or rubbish. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I try to you know challenge them on that or ask them questions on it, they'll say, well, I, I already grew up in the church. I've already read the Bible. I've already done this and that. And I'm noticing a trend where a lot of people who grew up in the church uh, were brought to church be out of, uh, I guess, obligation because their family wanted them to go to church. And so, so I'm wondering if there is a connection with just young kids, maybe not all of them, but I think a lot of kids probably go to church. They don't understand exactly what it is that they're doing there. And then when they get older, you go through that teenage rebellious phase and you're just like, I want to reject that. I don't know what that is. And then because cause that's what I'm seeing. So I don't know, maybe I think it's great to raise kids with um, Christian morals. Uh, I don't. And when I say Christian morals, I think that the majority of things that I've done throughout my life technically qualify as Christian morals. I just didn't know what they were. 
Uh, and I just had to read the Bible to confirm, oh, this is already how I respond to this type of situation. Um, but I think that uh, maybe maybe people should be a little bit more careful um, in terms of getting their kid to go to church without them quite absorbing what it is, because I wonder if that's contributing to a lot of people that don't believe in him anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe, know? do you think we should do a, what is it the Amish do, a rumspringa? What is that? It's like, so correct me in the chat if I'm wrong, but when they reach adolescence, they send them out into the world to live mm-hmm. in the world and see if they truly want to come back and live in the mm-hmm. Amish way or not. And so I've just heard stories about, you know, all the debauchery that the they get up to, <laughs> the young adults when they go out into the world and it's like, let me see what the world has to offer. And then some of them come back and some don't. Yeah. So I think like, now that you say that, I think I saw a reality show of that years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. And a lot of them stayed in the city and then ended up being alcoholics. Oh, <laughs> um, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that could, yeah, something. I don't know. I'm not a parent yet, so I'll have to tinker around with this, but um it, it's definitely something that i've noticed in terms of people walking away from the faith as they go there really really young yeah yeah, yeah. i were you raised in the church when you were younger Mm-mm. my family's not religious uh in fact when i was in high school i called myself wiccan uh i would do little witchcraft spells and stuff like that and i think i got into that strictly out of the fact that it was a trend and i was in high school and i wanted to be a part of a clique so I said, I'm going to be a part of the spooky kids click. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. My pastor talks, he's, he's given this really great sermon. You should talk to him sometime. Maybe he's so interesting. He gave this, uh, it's his sermons, almost like lectures. And he gave this one about how, if we think about like, what is man, like what, what separates us and makes us distinct from the animals and you know, um, different philosophers have said, you know, I, it's sort of like a man is man thinks therefore, you know, I think therefore I am, um, or man emotes, man has emotions. So have emotions, therefore I am. And he argues in his lecture that no man worships and he sort of presents an argument that he thinks, and I'm starting to agree with him that I think that humans are made to worship what do you think about that? Cause when I look at, when I look at the, the woke stuff and everything that's just taken hold and become so culturally dominant in the past couple of years, I see all these elements of worship. There's the videos of the BLM things where you've got people down on their knees and reciting things. That's like liturgy, mm-hmm. you know? Um, even some of the COVID stuff seems very ritualistic in a way. And they sort of, they put these different figures, whether political or, or, you know, what have you into like Fauci into these sort of deity positions in a way. Do you think there's any credence to that? Do you think, do you think that everyone worships something? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, And this is why I think that a, a, a common factor that I see with a lot of people that are woke is that they're not, uh, morally anchored to something. Um, and then they end up drifting off and literally worshiping something relating to social justice without them even realizing it. You know, just the fact that a lot of people who 
are woke will repeat the same type of slogans. It's like, it's just, it's like a mantra. And it's, it's, it seems like they've just, it's like a ritual, as you said. And so I think that, yeah, if, if you're not worshiping God, I think inevitably you're going to be worshiping something, even if it's subtle, I think we all have a tendency to uh, create sort of rituals out of nothing. Um, But yeah, I've definitely seen that. Uh, and, And to be perfectly honest with you, I think it is absolutely beautiful that uh, Christians want to worship God and want to please God because you're putting him above anything else in this world. Whereas a lot of people, everything in this world comes first. You know, the how many likes you get on social media is more important to some people or, yeah, you know, your reputation or, and none of that matters. Yeah. You know that verse in the Bible? This is one of my... Uh, favorite ones as a new Christian, the one where Paul is talking about all of his accomplishments, right? Back back before he was Christian and, and in fact was persecuting Christians. And he said, you know, all of these accomplishments, I'm paraphrasing because <laughs> I'm not going to get it right, but all these accomplishments, he's like, they're dung. Mm. They're shit. They're mm. literal shit. None of that stuff matters. That stuff that I put stock in, you know? And I'm kind of like you, when I started reading different parts of scripture, I'm like, huh, like that's something that makes sense to me on this gut level. It's like, yes, it's, um, it's things that just, I don't know, that just makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I, it's hard for me to describe that. Um, I count them as dung. Thank you. Trinoculus P. Yeah. That's the verse. I count them as dung. <laughs> Lovely. Lovely. <laughs> yeah. So to go back to your, the political awakening first, in, in my case, political awakening also came first. Um, uh, what is it? I like to ask this question of everyone. What is it about you? You think that helped you see through woke ideology eventually? Is it Mm. your upbringing? Is it something about your personality or your psychology or experiences? Is there something you can point Uh, to and say, maybe that's part of it? Well, I think that me, I am, Uh, someone that I love to listen to people. I like to hear people out. So I'm more of an observer than I am someone that's very reactionary. And uh, when I was thinking something is definitely wrong with the woke left, I said, let me just observe. Let me just see what people are saying. Let me see how they're moving, what their behavior is. And then I said, let me also um, start researching and actually hearing the other side uh so then i started going on youtube rabbit holes and literally typing in black people who don't support black lives matter because in my mind that was unheard of or you know black people that uh are republican or libertarian or whatever and um i think it was just my curiosity and then also my my desire to actually want to hear people um and then, yeah, I think another chunk of it is is the way that I was raised. I was never raised in a woke household. And if I think about it, I think in retrospect, a lot of the things that I've picked up came from social media, uh, corporate media, high school, friends. I didn't learn any of this woke stuff when I was growing up in my mom's house. So th- that goes to tell me that this is more uh, of like, 
social engineering just little by little as opposed to me actually believing all of this stuff like even when i was on twitch there's this there's actually a, a post on my instagram if you scroll back far enough i'm admitting that i feel like i was becoming more of a social justice warrior and that was after i started going on that platform which is predominantly one way of thinking yeah yeah it's almost like ah i think about this so there's a lot of people in in woke who are sincere believers uh i know this i was a sincere believer but there's also a lot of people who i think are in it especially now because it's because it is culturally the belief system it's what your social circles believe it's what the as you said the corporate media is pushing they're pushing in education they're pushing it in politics now and entertainment and um and so there's all these people who come to it i think just sort of because that's what's culturally in fashion and now i've started realizing oh well that's the same for any belief system mm. like to go back to the christianity for a second it's like well, Christianity was, I would say, culturally dominant in the probably the 80s and the 90s, back when I formed my uh, opinions about Christians. And, and if you think about it, how many of those people are sincere believers versus like, well, this is what your social circles do. And I think woke is functioning much in the same way. Like you've got all these people on social media who are kind of one-upping each other in terms of, well, I've got a black square. Well, I've got a black square and I've got the hashtags and you know like yeah. it's like everyone kind of standing on the street corner preaching their to so that they may be seen doing it you know yep i don't know that's not a oh, question yeah. no i mean but, it's it's a great observation like um but you're right i think a lot of these people that subscribe to these woke ideas don't even necessarily believe what they're talking about sure some might but i think that in my experience with you know I got so many of these content creators that will literally go out of their way to make videos about me and their arguments like if you listen to what they're saying it's it's slander after slander it's not actually saying something that's uh new information or 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 truth it's just projection and slander and in my opinion if you truly believe something you are going to take as much time as needed to to formulate a coherent argument surrounding that thing. You're going to you're going to actually work towards it. It's the same way that I look at um, entrepreneurship because I quit my job like five, six years ago to just do content creation full time. And I was so uh, I, I had the desire to be my own boss. So I would work as much overtime it's necessary to pay for the equipment and i would do whatever it was needed for me to actually achieve that goal and i wouldn't complain about it because i had a goal in mind and i think the same thing can be said about any of these social justice things that people support if you have a goal to for example uh help bring the black community out of poverty you're going to do more than put up a black square or if you want to help fight racial injustice you're going to do more in the community drive yourself down there and actually do something at one of these centers instead of screaming on the internet that's not doing anything yeah it sounds like you have you ever heard jordan peterson to bring him up again have you ever heard his lecture uh, on tragedy versus evil where he talks about Cain and Abel. Mm, and I'm not sure if I did. So he says uh, that that the Cain and Abel story, if, even if you don't believe in God, you look at it as an allegory for 
the best way to be in the world. It's a, it's, he's like, it's a story about two different ways of being. And you've got Cain who doesn't make the sacrifices that please God, who is entitled, arrogant, resentful. And, you know, why not me? I'm owed all this kind of thing. And it leads him to ultimately that path of life leads you to murderous rage. And then you've got Abel who makes sacrifices that are pleasing to God is grateful, thankful, humble, and is blessed. And that's a different way. And so it sounds like even before you found God, you were behaving like Abel in your life. You were making sacrifices because you said, I had this goal. I'm going to work overtime. I know what I want. I've got my star there and I'm going for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really impressive to me. Yeah. Like I said, in some ways I was woke, in some ways I wasn't. Uh, I just... I've always throughout my life just known how to persevere. I've known how to prioritize. I've known how to, in some cases, separate emotion. <laughs> in other cases, I wasn't able to. But um, you know, yeah. it's yeah. I, I would say that that's a that's a that's a great analogy there. I um, yeah. I you know I just you just do the thing if it means something to you. Yeah, that's a that lecture. If you haven't heard it. Um, it's an old one too. You can find it on YouTube probably still. It was, I think it was from the eighties or nineties. He's since talked about that more, but that old mm. one was really good. Um, okay. So now how do you deal with the attacks? <laughs> you mentioned people making <laughs> slanderous videos. How do you as a human being absorb all this hate and then deal with it as an individual? For a while, it, it it did get to me. This was before finding God, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and it drained me because I I just I don't hate anyone. I don't have a single bone in my body that would cause me to hate someone. I may disagree. I may uh, you know say something that you might it might hurt your feelings, but I have you in my best interest. I'm not going to say something just to hurt someone's feelings or whatever. Uh, and I I felt myself becoming a little bit resentful before I found God. I found myself starting to want to snap back up people mm. and s start going into this online drama uh, with random people online. And now I just don't do it anymore. I just don't respond. Before I used to go look for the mean stuff, like I, my brain just wanted to mm. see what people were saying. And now I'm just like, if what people think about me is none of my business, uh, you know, it doesn't affect me. They can scream into the void. I'm not going to change my opinions. And I think that finding God has also taught me to lead with love. And so whenever I get this type of hate, um, like I said, I ignore it. If I have the opportunity to actually confront the person, I love you. I'll pray for you. I'm going to do it right now. I might, who knows, maybe I'll do it in front of them one of these days and see how they react to it. Um, and I think it's, it's, better to lead with love as opposed to leading with aggression or slander which is what they do and that doesn't change people they might get someone to change their behavior because they're afraid but i don't yes. want someone to be afraid of me i yes. want someone to change what's internally because they actually believe it yes uh, I love everything you're saying on the stream. <laughs> I don't know what my favorite part is yet. Um, you mentioned prayer, praying for people who hate you. Mm -hmm. What's your experience like with prayer? Hmm, well, actually, uh, it, my pastor actually had to tell me this because uh, he, so 
my fiance and I were doing um, like marriage counseling at the church. And he was like, okay, we're going to open up this prayer and Vanessa, you're going to do one. And then Saul, you're going to do one. And I felt awkward because I'm at that point I had not prayed out loud. And I yes, was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, my praying is kind of messy. It doesn't sound good. He was like, it doesn't have to be perfect, you know? So, so I've gotten into the habit where when I'm praying, I'll literally say to God, God, I, there's probably a better way I can be saying this right now. Um, so I apologize, but I think you know what I'm trying to say, but yeah. I'm trying. <laughs> That's yeah. the best. I'm the same. It's like, I'm still awkward with it. Like the out loud prayers, it's okay. And yeah. you just say that I'm like, when I've talked to people, like sometimes people message me and if I do see, like, I try to go through and I do try to tackle that inbox once in a while. And mm -hmm. I, there's some people questioning, they have questions like my mind is open to God. Like what I'm like, praying is awkward. I'm like, it is for everyone. I think it's just do it, just do it. Yeah. And even if I'm tired, like we'll do. So my husband and I will do out, pray out loud every night before we fall asleep. And they're usually, you know, I try and remember everything I want to put in the prayer for the day. I think they're good. Um, even if you're not a believer, it's a good way to like take stock of the day. So you don't lose days. It's like, here's what I failed at. I'm asked forgiveness for this thing. Right. And here's what I'm grateful for today. And here's what I want to ask for my friend or this person who asked me to pray for them and, and, and all that. Um, but one time, this is all a build up to my most ridiculous prayer. It was like when I was so tired, it was like, dear God, we love you. We're tired. Good night. <laughs> I got it's like <laughs> I can relate to that. I woke up one morning. It was really early and I had to start the day. So I get up in bed. My boyfriend's at the gym and I'm just like, Dear Lord. And then I start falling asleep as I'm about to pray. I said, Lord, I love you, but I'm going to pray in like an hour. All right. I need to wake up first. Yeah, it's fine. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you said your pastor was uh, counseling you. My, we went to, we did um, pre-marriage counseling as well at my, my church. My pastors recently counseled me about praying for your enemies or for people who hate you, that kind of thing. And so my recent experience with prayer, like, is that it's pretty interesting. It sounds horrible to pray for someone you hate. And I mean, like a real prayer, not like, please help that person stop being a dick. You know, like, mm -hmm. not like that. That's not a real prayer. That's a, that's a, that's an attack on them in your prayer. That's not right. Mm -hmm. But like a real loving prayer. Um, it's horrible the first time you do it in my experience but then but then the more I've done it it's amazing it actually kind of I think I get it now it's like it's like changing your heart do you know what I mean mm -hmm. like oh, um yeah. and it's weird because I'm still this is again why I call myself a new Christian I'm still learning things about why do you do this why does the bible say to do this yeah. and that part of it I don't know. I don't think I'll ever stop learning all that stuff, you know? Yeah. So, And even for, you know, people watching this that are maybe non-believers, I think just doing that is very therapeutic for, for someone who has been on the receiving end of hate to not uh, fall into the trap of holding grudges um, and being able to show compassion for someone. Um, 
and you know still want the best for them which i think it's very difficult for a lot of people there were times where i was like i can never forgive my friends for doing all of this and now i can i i legitimately can forgive them and uh you know people have said some nasty things about me but you know i whenever i have the time i will pray for them that they you know their hearts are softened and and they step away from social media i pray that they go outside experience you know god's creation because i think that's also another problem is people get sucked into technology and it just keeps them in this cycle of just uh, like a, like a heightened state of uh being emotional all the time so there's never an opportunity for them to like decompress self-reflect and just be they always they're always on the reactionary Sorry, I had to mute myself with these puppies. No worries. Um, where do you see things headed? You're mentioning people are plugged in, they're online all the time. Do you think things are going to get worse in this country and culturally? Yes. <laughs> yes, it's, it's going to get worse. Um, I think it's going to get worse, but it will get better. It's going to be a long process, I think. Um, and yeah, I, I think that this, this country is going to go through a lot of, uh, of a healing process, but it's not going to happen until things get really bad. And, and that's, I think, part of the reason I got very frustrated you know, last year is because I was trying to avoid people getting hurt in the process of this without something actually affecting them personally for them to wake up, uh, you know, like, especially with like the... Um, the mandates situations and stuff like that and how people would be applauding oh yeah they should lose their job it's like you say that until it affects you um but yeah i, I think things will get better eventually i do too i kind of um it's sort of uh like that personal transformation of it has to get really dark before the light i think that's mm -hmm. i'm with you though it's when people ask you these days like what pill are you i'm like i guess i'm white pilled but i was black pilled before it had to be black pill first. <laughs> oh yeah, I was really black pilled. <laughs> um, what advice do you have for parents who are raising kids in this in this day and age? When we're saying things are going to get worse before they get better, mm -hmm. um, do people ever reach out to you about their kids maybe being uh, pulled into some of this, like the woke ideology or, or what have you? Like, do you? Do you ever give advice to parents? Like, what would you tell somebody who's struggling with a young person who's turning to yeah. woke? So I go off of the uh, the template that my mom raised me on. Um, I think a big problem with a lot of the wokeness now is it's being uh, it's being fed to young people by means of social media, smartphones. Uh, I talked about on stream how I'm actually downgrading to a dumb phone. <laughs> like, look at it. So tiny. Nice. Um, <laughs> and there's literally, you can call, you can text. That's pretty much it. Um, and I think that parents need to, I recommend stop being your child's best friend and start being your parent. And if that means taking them off TikTok and Twitter and all these places, do it because kids are going to be able to survive. You know, social media wasn't around since the beginning of time. And I think a lot of and I think a big problem with these apps is people are losing the ability to actually socialize. They just don't know how. 
um, because they're so used to that quick dopamine rush and instant gratification. So I think that that's the first thing is get them off social media. And if they re and if if you really want to give them that experience, I got one hour of Internet a day and then the Internet would boot me off when I was a kid. So I, it was just in small doses and I had to earn that privilege. I had to do good in school. I had to have good behavior. I had chores. I had other things to do aside from uh, consuming stuff about social justice or whatever was online at that moment. You had internet when you were in school? Oh yeah, I was on AOL. Oh. Yeah, remember you that? have got you've gotten you seem to have gotten things figured out at a much younger age than I did. So yeah. congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we didn't even have well, uh I take that back. We did have email. It was like brand new mm. in eleventh and twelfth grade. But uh I remember my first cell phone. It was an emergency only phone when I went to college and it was huge and it's like put this in the glove compartment and never use it unless you have to. And that's what the phone was. It wasn't, it wasn't like what you're talking about the smartphones today. Yeah. Just like emergency use calls only. Yeah. Um, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I'm so grateful that you could hang out with me and, and, and talk about all this stuff. Uh, two final questions for you in whatever order you want. How do you stay balanced given that you, your uh, career, your job, you are online, you're on social media. I guess part of it is getting a dumb phone. How do you stay balanced? And then what is something that is bringing you joy right now? Mm. So with me staying balanced, this has been a work in progress. Cause like I said, I've had to practice uh, walking myself off that ledge and thinking that I, I have to take all of this burden and wake people up and I just don't have to do that anymore. So instead of um uh looking at because for a while i resented content creation because what i'm doing right now on youtube isn't what i initially signed up for i just kind of fell into it so now i'm at the point where i just i make content if i feel compelled to make a video about something i'm not gonna make content just for the sake of making content just for the sake of money or staying relevant no i'm gonna take my time make something and and make sure that I feel joy in that process. Um, and then as far as what, what's bringing me joy right now, um, actually uh, the church that I joined, uh, they, have a, they have a good model set up and they're trying to uh, also uh, broadcast their sermons to the world and they have this big studio. And uh, I told them that I have a YouTube channel and they were like, we have no idea what we're doing with YouTube. It's just crazy that you're here now. So again, this is God putting the right people at the right place and yes. they need help with their YouTube and I'm going to help them grow it. So uh, I'm, I'm happy to sort of be a part of a collaborative effort uh, towards something that I actually believe in. That's awesome. Do you, what's the name of your church? Do you want to plug oh, them? Awakening Church. Right on. Yeah. Uh, I was joking. Do you know comedian Chrissy Mayer? Yes. I was joking with her. I was on her, her stream uh, a couple weeks ago at her night stream and she was doing one of her, one of her sponsors is a, a cryptocurrency and she had this like kind of sexy sounding music behind it. And she's like plugging the cryptocurrency. And I told her, I was like, my, my church recently said they might become a sponsor of my channel, which I was like, well, make sure you want to do that though. Cause I talked to, you know, I'm not going to, Make sure you know what you're getting into if you sponsor my channel because I'll talk to anybody. And 
then I told Christy this and we, she made me laugh so hard. They put the sexy sounding music on again. And we were just joking. Like, how do you even advertise a church? Like come to the church. You know, she was like, do you have sins you need to confess? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, it was kind of hilarious. Um, okay, cool. I think we're, I think, am I ca caught up on super chats pirate? Let me see. Now I'm having that anxiety that I'm going to miss one. I if I missed one. Thing. Yeah. If I miss one guys. Oh, Hey, Mike Carlos here. Hi Mike. Hey Mikey. Hi boo boo. <laughs> I miss you. <laughs> um, give me just one second. Oh, there we go. The front porch conservative. Hello. He says lady gothics and lady Carrie, a couple of great dames. Look at Micah six, eight. I think you, you will find it explains what God wants from all of us. Mm, I'm gonna write that down. Me too. Thank you, sir. Nice hat. Mm-hmm. Fabulous hat. Has your sense of style changed at all? Would you uh, translate? A little. Uh, yes, in some ways, yes. We're talking about this today on stream, and they were asking how is it gonna affect your your gothic aesthetic and like I like dressing up. I love weird clothing. Uh, but my everyday attire, I just want to be comfy, man. I just, I just want to just be comfy. I, I don't want to wear all the crazy stuff. It's not, it's not realistic. And plus, I, don't, I also don't want people putting me in the same camp because that, when you see someone with the spikes and the colored hair and the mohawks, you kind of assume they think a certain way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's changed a little bit. It's good for being a Trojan horse though. That is true. And I, and I have thought about this. I said, maybe I can infiltrate a space to do some type of uh, research study with this hair. I, I could do that. Yeah. Maybe get people to be more willing to talk to you. Mm -hmm. One more from Eddie Brown. Thank you. Eddie says, Carrie, I found you on Friday night tights and now I'm really enjoying deprogram gothics. Keep killing it. And congratulations on your newfound faith and impending nuptials. Yeah. Hey, congratulations. Eddie. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. When are you getting married? Or can you we say? We don't know yet, but we're trying to do okay. it as quick as possible. It's weird because at first we were like, we got to beat the clock because of like the mask mandates in Rhode Island. And we know that a mysterious uh, strain is going to pop up in a few weeks. So we're like, do we race against the clock and try to do things as quick as possible? Or do we just do something tiny and you know, use that money we would have spent on what on a wedding and use it towards like buying a house? So Right. Yeah. Uh, can I tell you guilty pleasure? Go for Reality yeah. show. My housemate watches this and got me hooked on it. It's called Marriage or Mortgage. Have you oh, heard of this? No. Oh gosh, it's terrible, but I can't stop watching. They every episode they have. I mean, the conceit of the show is these two women share an office together. I mean, it's entirely set up. But one's a um, mortgage broker, and the mm -hmm. other is a wedding planner. And so they bring in a, a new couple each episode, a couple who has managed to save, to scrape together and save like $30,000, like a nest egg. And then over the course of the episode, they go and look at houses with the, the mortgage lady or the real estate agent, sorry. And then they, they, they kind of plan what their wedding would be with that 30 grand with the wedding lady. And mm. then at the end, they decide if they're going to spend their 30K on a marriage or a mortgage and it is infuriating sometimes when you're like no not you you have three kids and you live in a tiny apartment don't pick the marriage like, oh, that's, like, 
<laughs> or I mean, do the marriage at your new house. Yeah. Why are you? Why are you? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I could ever spend that much on a That's a lot of money. <laughs> I'm lot. looking at like less than five thousand dollars. Like I just I can't I can't justify it. Oh, I can give you tips. Here's one. Uh, this sounds silly, but this is true. The grocery stores, at least in Texas, they will mark down the day old cakes. <laughs> okay. Okay. I like that. So it's like, let's just get a bunch of fun cakes and the cakes that people didn't pick up. And it was like, you know, happy birthday, Marsha. Sure. We'll have that on the table. Like, who cares? Okay. okay. But uh, there's a tip if you need it. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> here's one more. Matthew Hammond says, has the woke ideology destroyed the left's ability to debate issues? So they have to shut down, cancel, ban people to maintain their homogenous groups? Hmm uh i mean i don't know too much about the left being able to debate at least i've never been observant to that i've from my experiences they've never been able to debate the people that tried coming at me for me being incorrect on stuff um i think that uh the shutdown and, and cancel culture that they've grown to love so much is detrimental to number one uh civil discourse but number two um in, in closing them in an echo chamber. So I saw this really fun skit a, a, a few weeks ago. I forgot, I don't know if it was like Prager U or something like that, where they were talking about, they were doing a skit between a conservative and a leftist and the, and the leftist was like, get out of my space. I can't talk to you. Uh, you're spreading conspiracy theories. And then the conservative is like, maybe the people that told you uh, that I'm spreading conspiracy theories are doing that because they don't want you speaking to me. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're the one that's manipulating you. And I, I, I have to agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's the Spider-Man meme. Everyone pointing fingers at each yes, other. Yes, yes, yes. No, you, no, you. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I think I'm truly caught up. Um, thank you, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you to Gothics for spending your evening with us and telling your story again. And I wish you the best. I'm very excited for your wedding, whatever it is, however you do it. You can always come to Texas. We don't do masks. So oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, why don't you tell people if there's anyone here who's not familiar with you, where can they find you? You can find me um, on locals, gothics.locals.com or YouTube, youtube.com forward slash gothics TV. Cool. And we have all of that below in the description of the video so you guys can find it there. Thank you for hanging out. Uh, tomorrow we're doing live coffee break at noon Central Standard Time. And that's, we're going to have Drunk 3PO, who was here tonight, and Hill versus Babyface as. Nice. So Very nice. Tune in for that. We should have a lot of fun. Thank you, guys.